Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to be thinking around why CEOs need to embrace their inner HR. And my guest this time is the awesome, fabulous, wonderful Janice Sutherland, founder and CEO at This Woman Can. Described as an exceptional career coach and fearless woman's leadership advocate, Janice is CEO of this award-winning leadership and personal development consultancy. Passionate about supporting the next generation of female leaders, Janice works with companies to develop their talent resource and attain organizational goals. Her professional career has spanned over 25 years of leadership with prestigious multinationals in the UK and the beautiful Caribbean. And she made history when she became the first female CEO in the telecom sector in her ancestral home of Antigua and Barbuda, where she is also the local chair of the Caribbean Women in Leadership. Janice, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Bill. Delight to be here. Thank you for having me. And I should just add as well, listeners, that in addition to all these other wonderful things that Janice gets up to, she's also got a podcast called This Woman Can. And uh, I always get terribly nervous when I interview another podcast host because they can see right through me and they I'm sure they can always tell when I get things wrong. Um, so I'm on my best behavior here and I'm hoping everything goes right and we don't have any technical issues. Um, Janice, <laughs> let, 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 let's start by you telling our listeners a bit about yourself. Uh, tell them about your, your career background. Wow, uh, that's a big question, my career background. As you can tell, um, I have I'm English, English by birth, but I Caribbean descent, Antiguan and Catitian, and I've lived in Antigua for the past 10 years. I suppose my career path wasn't um, very linear. Um, I didn't get my degrees or anything like that till I was uh, in my late 20s, divorced with two children. Hadn't really thought about a leadership career at that point. It was really just doing something to earn the money to put the food on the table, keep a roof over our heads. But eventually, I, um, after I did my degrees, I landed a few job, few roles that that really uh, spoke to my natural leadership abilities. I'm the eldest of six children, so I've always had that leadership capability in me. And I work for a number of organisations um, in banking, in call centres, at a senior level. And to eventually meet my now husband, who said to me, we're not staying. I'm not staying in the UK. My plan is to move to Jamaica. And I was like, oh, Jamaica sounds nice. But I always feel a little bit of foreign when I go out there. Come and see Antigua. And he came out to came out with me to Antigua. And I brought my mom back here for her first visit in over 50 years. And he loved it. So we bought the land, as they said, bought the land, built the house. Um, got married out here, bought the family out to see where we're going to build the house because it was a hole in the ground at the time, and then embarked on our, it was then a five-year plan, initially a five-year plan to move out. So when my eldest had gone to university was the plan. Um, when he goes to university, that we wouldn't. But then I got a role um, and I'm a telecoms company, a regional, large regional telecoms company out here as the commercial manager. And... Five years later, I was their CEO uh, with no telecoms experience having started. I didn't learn a lot more 
telecoms, <laughs> telecoms, it's a very technical field, um, but that didn't deter me from becoming their first female CEO um, ever in the telecoms industry, both in Antigua and Montserrat. And then I decided, oh, I didn't come here to work this hard for somebody else. It's time to establish my own organization, which is where this woman can started. So that's it. That's where I am today. Okay, thank you very much. So um, tell us all about This Woman Can. Uh, what was the genesis and what's the mission? Well, This Woman Can was one, one of the things I noticed out here, and we spoke off air um, earlier, was that how academically uh, qualified a lot of women are out here. And the one thing I never saw in my 80s, 90s careers, and I'm definitely going to be showing my age there, is that I didn't see women who looked like me. I didn't see black women in leadership roles. I didn't have role models to emulate. And as much as, um, dare I say, that women will say we're in this together, white women and women of color uh, are all women, that's really where our similarities end. Our experiences navigating the leadership ladder are very, very different. So I want to provide a portal or um, a way for women who look like me, and I work with women, with, with white women too, but predominantly black women, women of color, who want a career, who want to learn those nuances of how do I to project myself more confidently? How do I self-advocate for myself? How do I take away all the things that society has told me I should be doing as a woman to get me onto the career ladder and go into the boardroom? Because that's another thing you just don't see us in the boardroom enough. Think videos out of reach for your recruiting, onboarding, and employee engagement efforts? With Powtoon, HR teams can easily grab employee attention with engaging videos and visual content for talent recruitment, employee onboarding, diversity and inclusion, employee well-being, company events, and more. Visit Powtoon.com today and use the promo code HRGazette15 to get 15% off any premium Powtoon plan. Powtoon, the visual communication platform. You're also chairperson at Antigua and Barbuda Caribbean Women in Leadership. Talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, well, the Caribbean um, Caribbean in Leadership um, is an regional NGO that's established to monitor, strengthen, increase women's political participation and leadership in the region through advocacy, um, networking, research, capacity building initiatives. They are in other countries, St. Vincent, I think, St. Lucia, Bahamas been going for a couple of years, and there are a few other chapters around the region. Now, after achievement was delivering a young women in leadership program, which exposed young future female leaders to the inner work participation. Now, I'm not political in any sense. What I always tell people that, which is why I didn't really get, wasn't really interested in the first place when the first when I first saw Seawill. But when they talked about broadening leadership, women can have an impact in many leadership roles across the board. So when we did the Why Will program or the Young Women in Leadership program, we equipped these young women to create their own personal development plans to make differences in their respective communities. And we also um, had the first all-female parliamentary session ever held in the country. And these young women, you know, eldest probably about 25, were absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. I was so impressed um, with who they are, what they stood for, stood for, and how vocal they were about their causes and what they believed in, that it does something I had to be part of. 
Perfect. Thank you. And you're also a, I mean, you get up to so many things, but you're also, you're also a podcast host, as I mentioned earlier, um, in, in the context of me being a little bit nervous today. And I'd love to hear from you because you've, I think you mentioned to me before we hit record today, you've, you've done something like 200 episodes. Maybe you can yeah. mention two or three of the most memorable episodes that you've had and, and why. When I started podcasting, it was from a purely networking and nosy perspective because I'd seen some of these women, you know, online and stuff. And you read about them and read about them in articles. I want to know more about what they do. And it just morphed from there where I just curiosity helps me or enables me to push um, and, and inquire more about what these women do. And this year I took a slightly different stance where I was. Um, focused on first season part, or it goes all year, and I say seasons, where we focused on women entrepreneurship. I'm now focusing on women leadership, and I'll be focusing on Caribbean women in the STEM fields or STEAM fields. And as I said, today I've interviewed almost, oh goodness me, almost 100 women, I think, um, across the years I've been doing it. And it was really difficult, you said, to pick out those that are most memorable but I'm going to be gushy about a couple of them. Um, The one I had quite recently, Dr. Rachel Brown, who's a Jamaican philanthropist, activist, um, and she's a founder of a foundation called Every Mickle Foundation located in Jamaica um, and Florida, which serves approximately 350 orphans and underprivileged youth um, from six six, six children's homes. And she's under 30. And it's women, sometimes I spot a woman that gives me a tingly feeling that I'm like, wow, you are destined for greatness. Maybe, you know, maybe I won't see because I'm a little older than you. But if I can share some of my experience with you that, you know, to help you go further. Um, I've had my fangirl moment where I had a lady called Carol Sankar, who is uh, she's based in the US, but she's Trinidadian by birth. And she's the founder of the Confidence Factor for Women in Leadership. And I loved what she does. And I had the opportunity to um, speak on the same stage as her in Trinidad. So I was totally gone. Um, and that was my moment to say, look, I want to interview you for the podcast. And there's Julie Turney, who we both know. And I love the work she's doing to elevate the profile of the HR profession. And I think it's a really necessary, especially in the current climate where the HR profession is is now the unsung hero. We talk about frontline workers and stuff, and I think that's great. But behind that, there is a profession that we don't really speak of or, or, or we have a different attitude about because we think they're one thing when actually they're doing a lot more. Yep. Julie Turney is awesome. And in fact, Julie is the connection between Janice and I today. Uh, Janice, you recently spoke at the third, I think, Innovate Work Caribbean event. And your session was really interesting and very, very engaging. And that that led to me reaching out to you following that and inviting you onto the show. Um, can you take... Can you take a few minutes now and uh, tell our listeners a bit about the the session, which was called Why CEOs Need to Embrace Their Inner HR? I I do this and I wasn't trying to bash um, fellow CEOs, but I do what I have experienced is that the HR profession and uh, maybe C-suite, C-suite leaders often are often quite separate. In my profession, I have one of my degrees in combined studies with HR. So I've always had that HR field and I've always made great connections with HR professionals because I've understood and almost need to have them on side to 
get some of the initiatives and things I want I want to push through push through but society often perceives um, a CEO should act and it's usually and I think I said this in my in my presentation that the the role models I had were pale male and stale they were all they were all male um there was nobody like me and I didn't really see how I could be a CEO in that in that role and we've seen them in the movies where the leaders are tough they take no prisoners they're a bit detached uh doesn't really deal with anyone and what we see now in the in the pan in the space of the pandemic era or, or pandemic era is that those skill sets are not the skill sets you need to have um, it's not a weakness to show the side of you that can actually connect with the people you have to lead and quite often the human element of leadership is less to the role of HR and I say the human element of leadership um, and, and the CEO, CEO can often be far removed from those human issues but as CEOs we have to question why because people are such a fundamental part of making a business tick why are we or why is a CEO so removed because you know if anybody can move can move mountains or create the optimal work environment break the people versus profit silos communicate those strategies that improve revenue and profitability it's the ceo so why is a ceo not more involved when it comes um, and i've seen it that a lot of ceos and i think i said this are allergic sometimes allergic to working with people that are uncomfortable addressing those people issues which again is unacceptable in the current in, in current environment and for me the same way a ceo is comfortable standing in front of a group of investors and talking about the organization and really understanding from a business perspective they should be just as uncomfortable doing that when it comes to the world of people so I talked about CEO school, which isn't a real place, but um, we, we focus on the finance, we focus on the marketing, the law, when actually the people piece isn't covered. And that's and, and it can often be seen as HR seen as a soft skill or for the dare I say weaker, weaker sex, which we know it's not it's not true. So I spoke about the benefits of having a people centered being a people centered CEO, because like I shared my story at the top of the podcast, the reason I managed to get to be a CEO where I was uh, without having the prior knowledge of all the telecoms industry is that because I knew how to work with people. I knew how to connect with people and use those to come from a people centric um people centric perspective when it came when it came to people so um i talked about having strategic fluidity and not being stuck to one plan of action um and actually being on the side of the people and understanding the challenges they go through focusing on communication and not just talking but actually listening and, and listening to what's also not being said, which is a real skill set to pick up those nuances, especially when you see as well, some people are doing more virtual work or work from home. There's a lot unsaid, but you need to pick up virtually through through the camera. And I talked about moving from um, moving from IQ to EQ. So having empathy over technical know-how and creating a sense of belonging as an organization. And then lastly, I think I touched on authenticity because one of the things that I was very cognizant of when I was moving through, when I was moving up to the CEO role, that I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to be who I was. I wouldn't be able to show that side of me 
um, that I, you know, that authentic side. But when I realized that my authenticity is what got people to follow me, and I say follow in air quotes, um, is what got people to do things that maybe they wouldn't have considered doing for other people. Um, That authenticity was how I communicated and let people know that I understand where they're coming from. Um, I understand um, the challenge they're facing. And whilst I may not get it right every time, I'm open to being, don't know how to do this. I need your help. Because after all, especially from a technical perspective for me, I didn't I didn't know how to go up a tower and tweet those tweet whatever the equipment it was. I need the people who have that who had that expertise. So I had to be, you know, I had to be um vulnerable enough to say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what next what, what's next. I need your help in able to get this and put and push this agenda forward. So really I was advocating for CEOs to let down that guard a little bit. Uh, and 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 go into those human skills. Yeah, if, if I could just add to that, actually. Um, so I reached out to Janice on the back of seeing her pre- presentation at uh, Innovate Work Caribbean Number Three, and uh, I reached out not just because I learned a lot, but also she is a very authentic, down to earth person, and and therefore she's very likable and interesting, and and you listen to what to what she has to say. Um, so do check out her podcasts as well, and. And in fact, Janice, how can how can our listeners find you? You get up to so much in addition <laughs> in addition to your book, in addition to your podcast, in addition to any associations you lead in your own business. Uh, what, what, you know, what are the best ways that, that folk can, can find you and connect with you? The best ways to the, the there's a couple of ways. The best way is to probably connect with Janice Sutherland. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. Or you can head head over to my website and there's all the links to the work I do, to the podcast, and also how to join the This Woman Can community if you're a woman and want to have a network of like-minded women to help you on your career journey. So it's pretty simple. Okay, wonderful. Well, that just needs me to say thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.